Hi there, my name is Fran the Quarter and I'm the creator of this podcast. I'm also an experienced HEMA instructor of more than a decade. If you'd like to learn rapier and companion weapons or side sword from me, do get in touch. You can contact me on Instagram at swordwomen. Send me a PM or you can send me an email if you write to buythesword at my.com. Welcome to By the Sword, where we discuss the modern study of historical European martial arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. This interview is with instructor and former president of the Swedish HEMA Federation, Eva Way. We discuss diversity, presidency and jam making. The episode was recorded on Instagram Live, 1st November 2020. There we go. Hello Eva. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm going to, what about you? I'm good, thank you. Um, just, uh, yeah, just kind of getting used to the fact that we're into uh, lockdown version 2.0 uh, here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw. I, I, I said, I, I'm just thinking, I'm just sort of doubting myself now. I said this is interview number 47. What is it? It might be. I can co- correct it later. It might be 47. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Mm-hmm. We'll find out and we'll, we'll put it on. Uh, it's almost so, an anniversary now then sorry it's almost an anniversary now then yeah oh well week, yeah i started these in april so oh, okay yeah I, I, I was doing two week that's why it's got such a high all oh, right but yeah that makes sense i've slowed down now so just one a week but um <laughs> we have gone from one one lockdown into to another lo- lockdown so it kind of feels like it's coming full circle um Mm -hmm. so on that note um my traditional question in these these interviews which came about because of the pandemic and i wasn't able to run my event um how has life been in sweden since the pandemic started it's kind of a weird situation because until like this week we've been able to train almost normally not really we moved our trainings outdoors in april march somewhere there uh, and then we just kept training as usual, just outdoors. And we did that for the entire summer until it was like too cold to stay outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there have been like encouragements for people to train. So we're just trying to like make people keep distance and, you know, there's alcohol gel everywhere and everyone should like change at home and so on and so forth. But other than that, it's like business as usual, only with a little bo- bit more distancing. No grappling, you know. No grappling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so you're back at what you're training back indoors now uh right now we're not training at all, not at all. uh because this when this tuesday um we had new restrictions because they can't lock down everything in sweden because the rules doesn't apply mm-hmm. but um they are allowed to like impose certain levels of restrictions and really not recommend you to uh to train if like the numbers for COVID are too high. So um, the Swedish Sports Federation just went out uh, in a press conference and said, if you live in these regions where they have like imposed these restrictions, you're not, you really shouldn't train. We, we can't force you, but we really, really urge you not to train. So, so it's basically, recommendations rather than yeah, uh, rules, yeah. guidelines, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole setup in Sweden is is very different from how a lot of other countries in Europe are doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, the 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 prime minister uh, in his announcement last night here in the UK, um, one of his government advisors was was just, the medical advisor was just saying there are no um, nice ways to do things. There are no uh, you know, there's there is no like this is the best. You know, there's the best way that you know at the time of, of doing things, and I think it's just a continuous, continuous adjustment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's keep it happy. Let's keep it HEMA. Uh, <laughs> let, tell us what the name of your club is. Uh, it's uh, Malmö Historical Fencing School or Malmö Historiska Fäktskola in Swedish. Let's see, I have one of those. Points. Oh yes, the varsity jacket. Yes. Very nice. Yes. And is that affiliated with the club in Gothenburg or is it completely separate? Uh, no, not at all. Um, it's a completely separate club. Uh, we, we're, we're joining the same federation, of course, because mm. the federation is natural. But other than that, it's separate clubs. But it feels it's, uh, traditional, and I can name the names about the same in Sweden. So, yeah, I think a lot of people just associate Sweden. They just think Gothenburg because of swordfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I think, I think, didn't the first swordfish happen in Malmö? Yes, the first swordfish happened in Malmö, like, what, 13 years ago or something like that? Um, and then they moved to Gothenburg, and it had been in Gothenburg ever since. But like the naming culture of HEMA clubs in Sweden, except for like a few brilliant exceptions, are like uh, the name of the location and then historical fencing school. So the, the HFS part is like everywhere. Oh, exactly. Okay. It's become the standard. There's no kind of fantastical <laughs> <No>, names. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some. I, I know we had a club joining like last year two years ago oh i say us i mean them like the swedish hema federation uh there was they had a name in latin um that i don't really remember what it was now but it was actually pretty pretty nice (laughs) to like see something new for once oh yeah like the name of my school is is uh the school of the sorry the school of the sword which is quite uh You know, it's pretty basic, but it's a direct translation of a book title. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's where that comes from. But it's it's like, yeah, there are some like very sort of dry ways of naming things. Like, it's a bit like uh, I think when people are sort of starting a HEMA club, it's a bit like when you're when you're starting a band. It's like, yeah, what are we going to call our band kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you think exactly. that? <laughs> but it's also a great name, you know. You have a book title, and and it's very straightforward. If people wonder what you, people, no one will like doubt what you're doing in the club. It's, yeah, it's, it's quite obvious, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only sort of confusion that arises from that is what sword is it? People go, "Do you do longsword?" We go, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Don't be Just, mean against longsword. Yeah, no, no, no. I have to say yes now because we we we've, we've let the longsword in now. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I yeah. thought yeah, I thought you'd never do that. <laughs> Times change, you know. We've got to move with the mm. time. <laughs> anyway, That's true. let's make this about you. Uh, okay. So. Uh, Malmo Historical Fencing Club, Fencing School, Fencing School. Sorry, um, yes. and how, uh, tell us how you discovered HEMA and uh, your sort of path through the HEMA. Uh, how did I start? I think I came from like historical reenactment and LARP mm. to begin with. Uh, I didn't know anyone who was doing HEMA, but I remember like. Or was it like more than 10 years ago? I used to study in Uppsala. Um, And I walked past like a student area where I think people from Uppsala Historical Fencing School were practicing outdoors. And I was like, that's so cool. I want to do that sometime. And then (laughs) maybe almost 10 years passed. And I moved to different places without clubs. And then I moved to Malmö and was like, okay, now is the time. and uh, I found a club. Um, and to begin, with, it was like I, I was I was deciding to start to do sword and buckler because I wanted to have like some kind of uh, source material with like what do you call it, like a female protagonist or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, a woman that did sword also historically. Yeah. Uh, then I found long sword and got distracted, so now I do long sword. <laughs> Many, many long swords. <laughs> yes. I also try to do sword and buckler occasionally, but I have two weak underarms. It's oh. like super heavy, so I can't handle it. <laughs> really? You find the, yeah, I think. You find the sword and buckler too heavy? It's like, I find the long sword too heavy. Really? I find, really t- I find the long sword really taxing on the upper, on the upper arms. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, maybe it's like different muscle groups because it's, be. sword and buckler is like lower arms and long sword is like upper arms and shoulders. Mm. Yeah, shoulders. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, so yeah, I I'm... tried. Go on. Yeah. 
Go no, I, I tried to like I, I restart my story buffer like was every semester and I do like maybe half a semester and then something else comes up. So I really tried this time and now it's pandemic so everything is cancelled. So uh. <laughs> And uh you're uh so you've been with the same club all the way through, right? You haven't Yes. You you sort so you sought the Uppsala folks training and that was the mm-hmm. inspiration but then you yes. joined the Malmo group and that's where you, you exactly. exactly because I moved from Uppsala like right after I saw them so I couldn't really like ask where they come from, came from or what they were doing I just like okay that's super cool I'll just wait until I find a club so you had what a 10-year incubation period before you <laughs> yeah more or less but the, but he has always been like in um, a peripheral hobby sort of because if you if you're like in historical reenactment circles yeah. you'll see him people sooner or later uh and it kind of like reoccurred at like uh, reenactment events at markets and like related things so basically I saw them everywhere and was like I felt like they were kind of mocking me like come on sooner or later you'll join us <laughs> join us <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I just gave up and like yeah yeah sure fine I'll come You'll be assimilated. Yep. <laughs> Resistance is futile. Um, mm-hmm. Give me one minute. I'm just going to go run and get my clock because I can't see the yes. time on my phone at the moment. So Absolutely. I know we'll be coming up to half an hour past. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Knew I'd forgotten something. The time, <laughs> right? So, twelve minutes past. Okay, so, um, so you're in a uh, Malmo. Uh, tell us mm-hmm. about the club. Uh, so they obviously they teach sword and buckler. Is that one thirty-three? Sword and buckler. Yes, it's one thirty-three. Yes. Bolognese or. No, it's one thirty-three. It's one thirty-three. And um, yes. and uh, which longsword? Oh, could it be? Sorry. Now. Can you, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, you're bad. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, sorry. What what longsword do you study in the club? Uh, we do mayor primarily. Sorry, you cut out then. Mayor. Mayor, sorry, my guy. connection's being rubbish. <laughs> Let me just, sorry, I'm just going oh, no to problem. switch to data because my, my internet's being used. Right this time. So, Mayor. I can hear you. Um, yes. Mayor, Maya, no one can ever decide how it's pronounced. Um, uh, I pronounce it Mayor. Mayor, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there any other uh, things that you study in in your club other than uh, sword and buckler and longsword, or is that? Do you know what I mean? Because yes. mayor is um, lots of things, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, it is. But um, mayor is primarily for longsword. We also have um, a group doing yoga de pau right. uh, with bits of montante. Um, nice. Yeah, so they, they do it twice a week as well, so, and it's. A pretty prominent group, and I know that um, the instructors are like traveling all over to teach classes. Not now, of course, but you yeah, know. They were. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, what's your position in the club? Uh, I thought about this for a bit, and like I'm, I'm a longsword instructor, but I'm also like operative, I guess, because I organize events and I like talk with other people about the club and I do like a lot of practical things. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the board because I consciously chose not to, but yeah. I organize events and I, uh, I, I am a longsword instructor. So it's that. And how long have you been teaching longsword? How long is it? Three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and in your club, how did that, is that right? This is a very common way people reach the sort of role of instructor that I found mm-hmm. from doing these interviews is, uh, because there was no one else to do it, or <laughs> uh, circumstances led to this uh, mm-hmm. event. 
like their their instructor left and they ended up doing it because you know what well, how did mm-hmm. that happen did it is it, is it a uh, progression thing that you have in your school or is it something that you said oh, i want to do this or well we had like a huge influx of people about three years ago and we wanted to split the longsword class to like several pieces so that we could have like a beginner's class and like an advanced class and at the same time we wanted to like get more instructors in to make the structure less vulnerable Mm -hmm. so basically instead of having one person doing everything Mm. we split it into I thought it was four people um in the long school group at least um so now we have yeah we're still four because some people have come and other people have left and we try to keep it like at that level so that we can like split the burden a little bit and now we started to do like two classes a week so we don't want one person to like be there every week twice a week all the time and like burn them out in the long run so do you have like a person will teach for say six weeks and then someone else takes over kind of thing no we we take turns all of us are there like all classes but we prefer to like not instruct every class okay more or less so it just rotates Mm -hmm. um and how did like this is like about you know your sort of career your HEMA career how did you, <laughs> how, did, how did you become the president of the Swedish HEMA Federation all oh, right yeah <laughs> um I come from like as I said before nerd culture and nerd culture has a tradition of like hosting and running NGOs which means that I've like been running organizations since I was I don't know a teenager maybe so I had like extensive um, experience of that and mm-hmm. Then I promised myself, when I started him, I promised myself to give myself a year of not doing anything of that. So I did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because what, ha- what, <laughs> what happens when I join a new hobby is I can't do anything like haphazardly. I have to like commit and go all in. And I know this. So, so the first year I was like, okay, only training, nothing else. So I did that. And then after a year, I went to my first competition. And then I applied for the Hema Federation board like two months later. Um, and, you know... I guess I was really opinionated and had a lot of opinions on what I wanted to do with Federation. And when the old chairman wanted to step down, I was just like, I'm in for it and I have experience. So if like, if the clubs would like, I would totally take on this burden. So I did it for two, two years. I was the chairman and one year, three years in total, I was involved before leaving this March. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> well, no. I- I was planning on, you know, going on events, like read a little bit more source material, maybe like commit to my club a little bit more because they have been a a little bit like my stepchildren (laughs) because I haven't (laughs) had time for them. But but now it's like there's like insane amount of time and I can I can still like commit to the club because training has been on since like until now. But the events and uh, the uh, like the, both, both the organizing of the event and the uh, and going to events has been nothing mm. yeah that's completely <laughs> fallen off mm-hmm. uh, so your so what I'm trying to sort of think about is your your motivation for becoming the president do you think that was more to do with the fact that you had all this experience under your belt of, of being an organizing person was it just kind of like I'm in the habit of being a, an organizer <laughs> uh, a, and, I, and I know I can do this kind of thing or is it like or was it more of a case of I need I, I need to make a change and I've got a burning desire to make changes and I know how to do it <laughs> kind of thing I think it's a little bit of both because I, I don't think like the uh, um, the member clubs would have accepted me if I didn't have like extensive experience of doing like like organize this kind of um this kind of organizations but Mm -hmm. also um I was pretty new I had a lot of energy um and uh I realized that it was not super hard to do like certain changes uh I the first thing that had happened when I like came out of my hiatus of doing nothing was that I wrote to was it space to make the to make them change the jacket sizes. Oh, you wrote to spares. And I was like, uh, you, I don't know if you remember this, but like four years ago, and I was like, I need a jacket, and every jacket is I'm too fat for all the jackets. This isn't right. They were tiny, yeah. The the women's yeah. uh, space jackets were absolutely minute. We were like, 
there's a great disparity between the men and the women in in Poland or something. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, just absolutely minute little tiny jackets, and that that changed because of you. Yeah, it happened uh, because I I did some statistics and then I like sent them in to them and was like, this doesn't work, and they're like, yeah, you're right, people are differently sized. Let's change that. So that was nice. Uh, and you might I, have spoken to my previous guest then in that case. Really? Wow. That's Camilla, nice. uh, she worked for Spurs for, that was where she cut her teeth, I think. Oh, really? Um, and uh, I think it may have been her that you were working with. Uh, wow. So I do remember her mentioning it, actually, when we were talking about uh, sizing mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. changing things. So, yeah, it may have been like the concerted effort of, of the both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really happy that it happened, really. Yeah, so is all of female Hema. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so basically, what happened after that was I, I was like, "Hey, you can make changes. Cool. I have a lot of other opinions. Let's try those." Yes. So, um, I also work a lot for like diversity and inclusion, and like I, I really like all of my hobbies. Like ninety percent guys. So, um, I have this perspective to start with. So, um, I think I came in because I wanted to do partly because I wanted to do like marketing for like broader masses partly because I had some kind of vision that I would like more nerds to work out in ways they find funny often Uh, uh, but also like how do you get more women into the community and like that kind of questions I've been working on in like all my hobbies for a very long time so uh yeah (laughs) I think it was that I love it like HEMA is kind of like stealth fitness for nerds isn't it Mm -hmm. Uh, you suddenly decide I'm gonna get really fit and strong Mm-hmm. nothing else has ever motivated me to want to become fit and strong <laughs> exactly <laughs> just, you know sitting down playing games and reading books isn't really uh motivation for getting fit and strong but hitting people with the uh, metal sticks uh mm-hmm. certainly is um, especially if you've seen them in popular media and they're like i want to be like that person <laughs> yeah so uh-huh. it's, a, it's a strong uh push mm-hmm. um so uh, I've already asked you about. Well, you've you've already sorry, you've already answered the question about uh, <laughs> training. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you have managed to train almost normally um, mm-hmm. up until very recently in Sweden. Mm. In, uh, in Sweden, um, mm. but have you like over this period in 2020, this very very strange and weird year, have you made any new interests or discoveries through your training? Um, outdoor training is fine uh, I already knew that but still uh, but other than that it's like the same thing that I've been working on for the last maybe year or so uh, I've been working a lot on the absurds, uh because what happened when you spar is that I get hit and then I just freeze and that's stupid <laughs> so just uh, for uh, the benefit of the audience and me what is the abzug? Uh-huh. Uh the, the abzug is the ending uh, of like of like one what do you call it exchange sort of action so yeah an action so so basically when you hit someone you need to make sure to get back and get out without getting hit you need to finish your work basically uh and there's a little bit about it right vision in uh, in uh, by mayor but it's like you can withdraw from a fight like before your opponent after your opponent or at the same time as your opponent and it doesn't really give you any hints and tips on when it's optimal and how you should do it. It's mostly like, you can do it anytime in any way. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, this is not helpful. So I've been experimenting with that a lot. Firstly, by just, you know, doing it because I have been crap at it. But now when I started to do it, like how should I do it and in which way can I do it most efficiently? Mm-hmm. And I have no answers, but getting but it's there. work in progress. <laughs> exactly. So- so Abzug, I take it, is to is to cover your your exit. Yeah, it's it's a general like term for withdrawal, I guess. Okay. I think it's German for like ending, sort of. But I don't speak German, so I can't. German people help, please. <laughs> there is, yeah, talking about motivation, there is a re- you know being hit in the head repeatedly is really good motivation for wanting to learn something. I find exactly passive learning. <laughs> Uh-huh. So if only I could do, you know, I can hit when I do this thing every single time. How do I stop it? Um, mm-hmm. So one of your many 
interests like you said you've got a lot of nerdy hobbies is mm-hmm. larp uh, and, mm-hmm. and it was larp that got uh, and then reenactment that uh, took you over to hema all these sort of overlapping interests mm-hmm. um have you found that larp itself this i guess it's like a form of expression isn't it have mm-hmm. you found it to benefit your hema practice or vice versa not much practically i'd say i, I go to some like uh, war larp events and sure that hema benefits well that benefits from hema because you know um you use a sword I made the sword be made of like rubber, but it's like the same techniques and it looks really cool when I do it. Mm. But other than that, I would say it's like more the organizational structure behind it mm-hmm. that have been like useful in both my fields so that I can like use what I've learned by running maybe a LARP to run an event. Mm. Because I, re- I remember running my first event like after, I don't know, it was a couple of months after my hires. It was really, really fast. So I was like, okay. Um, how hard can it be? I've been running a lot of like uh, LARP events before and it wasn't really hard because it's like it's handling people. It's like setting up an organization, a structure. It's like delegating. It's like basically the same things, only that you know, this is now a sport event or like a workshop event and not a LARP event. Uh, mm-hmm. People won't tell you about the characters, but that's yeah. about it. <laughs> so, from an organizational perspective, it's uh, it translates over very straightforwardly mm-hmm. um, yeah more, it's also like more or less the same group of people it's like yeah. nerds <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're dealing with <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so um when you became a, uh, an instructor um mm-hmm. what was your uh sorry i'll start that again you've been an instructor for three years um, yes. all around us uh, people in the HEMA community well maybe not so much now but there are burgeoning instructors all the time and mm-hmm. one thing I've learned is that anyone can become an instructor at any time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and not through choice even uh, just just, <laughs> just from circumstance so uh, for any would-be instructor out there what advice would you give to them? Talk less, practice more uh, I think like one of the big mistakes I did in the beginning was that I talked too much. Um, now I talk very little and then I'd rather adjust when I realize people didn't get certain things. I just give people the essentials. Mm. Uh, don't overcorrect people. Um, like everything is like related to talking less, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think like people learn better if they get to do things themselves. Um also, like, take your time to get to know your students. Um, if there's someone that feel, like looks a little bit shy and, like, don't want to approach you, approach them, ask them about their life. People love to talk about themselves. They do. It's true. And uh, being able to talk about themselves means they, they relax more and they mm-hmm. learn better because they're not, you know, putting all their energy into holding everything in and uh, mm-hmm. feeling anxious about the situation uh but yeah yeah, talk less and don't overcorrect oh oh yeah also um i this is maybe a lot in the spirit of my club because we're we're a very social club um i try to be less formal um like not more formal than necessary Mm. um of course like if you have a big class it calls to some sense of formality but you don't have to like have this military structure you don't have to be like keeping this distance between you and your student just for the sake of nothing like yeah. if you have a reason for it sure but if you can try to be more familiar with them because that will give them like an incentive to stay longer because they know you as a person mm. yeah i uh i, th- I think uh, lynette uh one of my one of my fellow instructors she she said that um this the school is feels like a sort of family Mm -hmm. family environment um Mm -hmm. like you know you have your even when you go to work it's just your work family Mm -hmm. you go to training it's your training family um and it shouldn't feel like you know drill sergeant territory kind of thing Mm. that's just for some people that might be appealing but i think for the majority of folks that Mm -hmm. isn't what they come to training for um Mm -hmm. they come there from through choice you know um Mm -hmm. but um that that talk lesson don't overcorrect reminds me of what my Windsor said to me. <laughs> I did a 
when I did a, a podcast with him, he said, uh, just go around giving people praise constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that's very good. Not, not, not false praise, but like if you see something yeah. really good, it's like you're doing that really well. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Say, and then they'll, <laughs> and then they'll just go, yeah, I am, and then they'll just do it better. <laughs> Like, exactly. Even better I, than what they were already doing. Like, like one of my favorite things when I get new students is try to like find out who have trained something similar before and then point that out because people get super happy when I find out. And I'm more or less correct pretty often. And if I'm wrong, that's fine as well. Oh, what, like a guess? Like I think you've done some dancing or something like that. You've done exactly. Or, or like you've done something similar before because I can see it on your footwork or I can yeah. see it on your the way you hold your sword and people get like feel really seen and really yeah. happy about that kind of remarks. Yeah, being seen is a, is a big mm-hmm. one, I think. Just feeling like you're not just like a bunch of new recruits that nobody really knows. It's like a, yeah, it's not a very welcoming <laughs> feeling. Uh, <laughs> so we come, well, we're at halfway mark now. So All right. folks at home, um, if you have any questions for us or Eva, Please, will you just um, tap that button? I keep changing the format. Uh, there's a question mark button at the bottom of your screen. Just tap that, uh, and you can drop us a question. Ask ask us anything. That's what this is all about. Ask me anything. Um, within reason. Uh, <laughs> keep it within either. reason, definitely. <laughs> uh, oh. While we're waiting for the folks uh, to come up with some questions, um, mm-hmm. Something I was going to ask you, like my first question to you was about the pandemic and everything. But um, mm-hmm. one of the happy things to come out of, of all of this is you had a lockdown wedding. You had a pandemic wedding, didn't yes, you? And I, I really, did. this is my, my, one of my favorite things to come out of this. I love the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we didn't really have a wedding wedding. We went, we biked down to the city hall and uh, we just like signed the papers. And then we had small hang out with the family for a couple of hours before um, they went home. So it was very tiny, but I promised to show you my wedding bouquet because it's very special. Yes. Um, so it looks like this. Oh, wow. It's actually made out of old feathers. Oh, so it's old swords. Uh, and it's a super talented blacksmith named Linnea. That's a friend of mine who made it for me, oh, custom. Wow. <laughs> so... It looks like this, and it's super heavy, and I just want yeah. to like swing it around. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so how really many happy to have it. Of, is that bouquet? Um, I wasn't involved with, with the feather delivery. It was a friend of mine named Andreas who did it. Uh, but I think it's like three, maybe wow, three blades that, that was broken. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty heavy, but it, it's like not the entirety of the blade either. It's just you know. Yeah, it's great. I love it. That is, and it's gorgeous as well. I Thank didn't you. even notice that in the in the thing. So I thought it was just so sweet. Like you, you just literally cycled down to the town hall, mm-hmm. got married, cycled yeah. back. <laughs> had a had a clubmate's four year old throw flowers at me. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that was great. It's brilliant. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, people are um, you know pushing weddings forward and forward in into time uh to try mm-hmm. and get you know that sort of optimal uh, mm-hmm. uh situation for, to have a wedding but i thought like this is perfect you know exactly keep it small <laughs> keep it bijou um, yeah <laughs> so there, uh, might, there might be a party later on but whatever yeah huh? you, can, you can have it i'm saying there's more people joining but you can have yeah. a celebration anytime can't you um mm-hmm. exactly my, just my folks got married again uh, after I think 30 the 30th wedding anniversary uh, oh. we, we went to um, we went to Las Vegas me and my, my parents and I and we went to <laughs> we went to the little white chapel and <laughs> they got married again by an Aww. Elvis impersonator and That's it was so, so sweet. funny <laughs> it was great <laughs> <laughs> it was really sweet and yeah because like you, you know there's, there's all the time in the world really to do what you want to do um but that story about the the feathers was, was brilliant I thought that was excellent right. so now you've now you've got a trainer for when the weather's bad and you can't, you don't want to hit the ceiling you can just swirl your your bouquet around it's great exactly Very exactly heavy. it's more like a Montante <laughs> trainer I guess uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty heavy actually. <laughs> um so um while people are thinking of stuff, uh, I did mm-hmm. get a question earlier in the week from Magdalena, uh, mm-hmm. and she said uh, how many times per week do you train? Like overall or like Ema? I think she means you personally. No, like over overall for me oh, because I I I, I gym twice a week like. Yeah, okay. Well, I I train routine anyway. Okay. Good. Um I train at least him at least once a week. I would prefer to do it more. It's mm-hmm. somewhere between one and three depending on the week. Uh but because we just extended longsword classes to Wednesdays as well. Mm-hmm. Uh the sword and buckler on Thursdays and I go maybe every second class. Um and then I do gym workout two to three times a week. So uh, quite a lot, I guess, but um, less Hema than I would like to. Um, so are you a cardio person or a weights person? I'm a weight person. I'm terrible at cardio and I hate running. That's what everybody says. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is like related to Hema somehow. You don't need cardio to do it. I, I do know some Hema people who do like cardio and uh, yeah, they're rare. Most people yeah, I'm like super impressed at that down. people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or the people who don't like cardio, but they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's a special <sighs> form of self-torture, I think. Um, yeah. I, I did that for a bit, but not my thing. <laughs> I did it. I started running thinking, I just want those juicy endorphins. I want the high. Mm-hmm. I want that to happen. Never happens. Never happens. I've been trying for so many years and it's like, nope, I still hate it. I still get restless. It's not fun for anyone. Yeah. (laughs) It's obviously fun for some people, but not Obviously. Um, So this weekend um, that we're in now uh, would have been, what, the 13th Swordfish? Oh, yeah, right. Yes. Something uh, like that, 14th, 13th, something. Yeah, I, I was know. only reminded because Dennis Lundqvist put his, mm-hmm. like... I saw it. <laughs> I and, saw uh, it. Yeah, him, and it just got me thinking, like, uh, what is it, in your opinion, about this event uh, that is, you know, just sort of sticks in people's minds? Why is it so special? I think it's got, a little, like, part of it is, of course, like, tradition and... Uh, like it has been growing with the community, but I also think like it's it has a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just the workshop event. It's not just a competition. It's not just lectures. It's like, and it's not only a social platform, but it, it has a little bit of everything. And it got big enough to become like fairly good at all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but also like it has grown with the community and it kind of listens to it and try to adapt to like um be like what do you call it like at the same wavelength I guess mm-hmm. as the rest of the people um so I guess it will be that <laughs> yeah I think I think in my mind at least it's known for the competitive element I know it isn't is more than competition mm-hmm. there are other sort of aspects to it mm-hmm. but I think it's like people consider it to be like the world championships of HEMA, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think things like long points are kind of on that, you know, aiming. Uh-huh. I don't even know if it's a conscious thing, but they're kind of on that wavelength too. That's like the sort of mm-hmm. North American version of swordfish. But mm-hmm. anyone who sort of considers themselves to be a serious competition fencer always has swordfish in their sights like I'm gonna win swordfish like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of goal setting uh, Mm -hmm. that people put for themselves but of course it is more than that um I think it came from a time I mean saying like what it's 13 years old (laughs) over a decade ago all HEMA events had to had to do all of the things Mm -hmm. um they had to like fight camp is another one it's 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 competition it's classes Mm. it's socializing uh it's just bringing people together um Mm -hmm. and Dijon is another one but uh now or not now not this year but (laughs) start of this year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like uh, in in recent years uh 
things started to sort of diversify a lot more there'd be like sometimes i think in 2019 at one point there were three events a week mm-hmm. on a that weekend there'd be, there'd be like three different things going on even in the same mm-hmm. country um mm-hmm. oh gosh i really shouldn't talk about this please please yeah it's it's i think a lot of stuff has been influenced and inspired by swordfish it kind of set a standard of like this is mm-hmm. what you can achieve this is what can mm-hmm. be done i certainly mm-hmm. know that for myself because i've organized a lot of events in my country and uh the the folks that i worked with to organize um the wessex league we kind of looked at swordfish and thought we can do that <laughs> <laughs> and you could apparently we can can do that we can do that four times in four months and do it Mm -hmm. uh, you know do it one time after another and uh and and of course you've got like the uh the nordic league and and things Mm -hmm. like that that sort of were like spin-offs from that Mm -hmm. um so i thought it'd be nice to sort of reminisce about good old swordfish that we're not having this weekend (laughs) sorry everyone (laughs) oh i wish Hmm. oh well (laughs) but like it is like uh it has been, as far as I know, I wasn't there in the beginning, so I don't know how it started. But as far as I've been around, it has been like a high quality competition hmm. that has been around for a very long time. The rule set has like, people have a lot of opinions on the rule set, but it has been like thoroughly tested uh, over like the course of several years. I know that we use it for the national championships. They used it for the Nordics and so on and so forth. So, with like some um, minor changes. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess it's that um, they also try to invite like really great workshop people that could hold workshops, which means that they will also potentially compete, which mm. will like raise the standard for it. And yeah. coming from coming from a club that it's not super competitive, um, I actually use the workshop as the main selling point. Um, like you can go meet people, you can do workshops. There will be some super cool people coming there because it's swordfish. Yeah, uh, and I, I know a lot of people that learn a lot of things that we can't provide them because you know we're just a, a club and these are people like that's world renowned are coming from all over and uh, we'll teach them new stuff that they will, they will bring home and be inspired by and like use in their um, everyday training so it's super cool the workshops do get overshadowed I think by mm, the yeah, they, side of things they do, they do, they do unfortunately they are, as you say, very, very high quality. Uh, mm-hmm. Some incredible people have taught there over, over the years, um, and uh, and of course, it's all sort of in one site. It's all indoors, and it's all uh, and you can stay there and stuff, and it's all nicely done. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that about Swordfish that I think is particular to Swordfish is the uh, the broadcasting of it. The, mm-hmm. The, the effort that went into making it as high quality um, as they could with what they had, uh, which mm-hmm. I think was pretty amazing, really. Uh, so mm-hmm. you've got not just like, you know, multiple cameras and uh, commentary and interviews and uh, the live streaming of it all. It really kind of brings it sort of home to people. And um, I think the idea of viewing HEMA on a screen is what makes it a sport in a lot of people's minds the mm-hmm. idea that it could be a spectator sport yeah um, and I, I know that there's a lot of people like sitting in their living room looking at these live streams from home as well like live when it's happening mm. that's also super cool that is fun and I, and I remember watching it in the in the audience in the in the on the bleachers Mm-hmm. And just having that atmosphere, of, you know, sitting uh-huh. with like all the people that you know on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's super cool. <laughs> and then, and there's you know, you're sitting with all these people whose names you recognise, and then you, and mm-hmm. then there's and then there's their fight, there's people fighting in front of you, and you start to think, gosh, now I know what sports fans feel like. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. Now I understand why people <laughs> get that excited and passionate and uh, right. into it. Yeah, um, you, you get a certain ambience when you're there. Um, mm. I only actually sit, sit in the audience once. The other times I've been a judge, so I haven't actually oh, really? been in the audience. <laughs> I realised. What was it like being a judge on the live stream? Uh, very warm. <laughs> oh, under the lights. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the lights are like super intense and you have to wear this like long sleeve uh, shirt with vests and ties and so on and so forth. It's so, so warm yeah. and you still, you have to run around because you have to as a judge. Uh, so very warm primarily. But other than that, the pressure is on because you know there's a lot of people watching. Yeah. Uh, I also trust that like the, the sort of people choose me because, you know, they know that I can do the job. So uh, if they've chosen me, well, then I will be there and I will do it. Excellent. Um, mm -hmm. Just see if anyone's typed anything in here, because we've also we had a few more people join. Uh, we've got 15 minutes left, folks. If you want to drop us any questions, go ahead. Uh, Messer girl, are you still here? <laughs> I want, to, I want to know if it was her that you talked to when you got the, I don't know, when you got the jackets uh, oh, yeah. altered. I really would like to know that. <laughs> hmm. So. Uh, Doesn't seem so. Yeah. Oh, it was Halloween uh, this weekend. Uh, what did you <clears> dress up? What did you dress up for for Halloween? Oh, I didn't dress up. Didn't. I never did. No. <laughs> Everything is cancelled. I actually went to. You didn't dress yeah. up because you're always. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I know. I went, I went to a friend's, uh, it wasn't like actually the wedding. I just stood outside their wedding south to like deliver them a bottle of bubbles and then went away again. So I dressed up a little Aww. formally for that. But other than that, nothing. Oh, shame. <laughs> I know, right? I know. But what's the point? My son has dressed up as uh, the Grim Reaper for about the last uh, five years because oh, right. uh, my dad made him a wooden scythe and uh, I said, oh, said why, 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 yeah, I was like, why are you, why are you the Grim Reaper? And he said, I've got to get the, what, the value out of this thing. Uh, he <laughs> doesn't think he can dress up as anyone else ever again. <laughs> Whereas my daughter changes it every year. Um, what did she get? So last year she went as a zombie visco girl. Wow. Um, before the year before that, she went as a nice guy with a fedora. <laughs> she had a fedora and a flannel shirt. Oh, that's and fantastic! I love it. <laughs> this year, she went as a. Oh, she she was um one of the people from Among Us. Oh yeah, yeah. What with the right? But a goth version because she couldn't find a space suit, so she just went as herself basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow, that's really creative. Yeah, I love it. Um, so. Oh, yeah, introduce your son to Larp and he can use that Skype at any time. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's made of wood, so I don't know. He, he might. Yeah, he, he'll use it as a prop then. <laughs> he can't have people with it. Um, <laughs> what was he going to say? Okay, we've got about. Uh, just under 15 minutes left. Mm -hmm. uh, my get, I'll just sort of send out my net, my guest next week at the same time, 6 p.m. Uh, GMT or in GMT now, not BST. I got whole confused about that. Uh, what, mm -hmm. stuff. So GMT is Amber Demery from the United States. Ooh. Uh, she's uh, in Louisiana. Um, and she's uh, she's a HEMA instructor. She's an artist. I'm looking forward to speaking to her. Mm -hmm. um, just so you're aware. Uh, do, 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 do. I got some quick fire questions for you. Sure. Although you can take your time over them. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an either or. <laughs> okay. Uh, swords or sewing? Swords. Swords. Jam or baking? Jam. I don't bake. You don't? I thought you did. Uh, I did once because I had 20 kilos of pears, but that was because I had an excessive oh. amount of it. I also did like... sort of like cottagey things. <laughs> all these uh, yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, but mostly because I, I have excessive amount of a certain fruit at that time. Uh, do you have like an orchard or something? Or... No, but I have a lot of friends oh, that friends have gardens. Yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent. And is there some kind of barter system that goes on amongst you? No, mo it's mostly I have so much fruit. Please come and take care of it. <laughs> take care of it. <laughs> have you ever done any um, brewing? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I was thinking about it when I got these 20 kilos of pears, but maybe next year. <laughs> got a story about that. My, my, my dad, oh my gosh, my dad, uh, we had a pear tree in my garden when I was young and... Uh, 
it just produced so many pairs as you know <laughs> like just you just unbelievable amounts of pairs and mm-hmm. he didn't know what to do with it or we couldn't eat them all so he turned <laughs> he decided to make them into wine oh and, did uh, it work it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> You could clean the pipes with this stuff. It was mm. uh, it was very potent, and uh, he made so much of it that we, he he ended up just putting uh, the labels on the, the bottles was just the the letter P. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> so his friends would come around. Have we got any more bottles of P? That's <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, yeah, and then it, even after his death, uh, I think my friend that was it. Uh, we I went to see some friends uh, earlier in, in the year, and uh, my mum had like given away loads of stuff to people uh, that belonged to my dad. And one of my friends, I didn't, unbeknownst to me, uh, she'd given my friend my dad's accordion, but also oh. um, my some of my dad's wine from like twenty <laughs> years ago. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Is it still drinkable? No, it never was. To be honest. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> Much, so much wine, so many pairs. Oh gosh! Wow! Yeah, so, <laughs> I can yeah, imagine. I'm just wondering if you'd ever sort of venture into into brewing. Uh, be careful with the pears if you want to make them into alcohol. Okay, maybe not pears then. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, D and D or LARP? Uh, LARP. Okay. Long sword or sword and buckler? Uh, I have to say you long sword. You could only do one for the rest of your life. I should have said for all of these. Oh yeah. I would say longsword. Sorry. Longsword. Okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> mm. I feel really bad now. <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of your life, you're only going to do swords, jam, LARP, and longsword. Yeah, that's fine. I can live that? with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got uh, about eight minutes left. Um, oh, lawn, lawn Gnome, I think, is that your other half? Uh, no, that's uh, a like club, club mate. Oh, yes, it's a club mate of mine. Uh, they're also the instructor of Sword and Buckler, so I see why they're sad. That's why they're sad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Morgan. I'm sorry. Sorry, Morgan. We, we love you. <laughs> I love Sword and Buckler. I would have said Sword and Buckler for the rest of my life. Screw Longsword. I like Longsword. Oh. <laughs> if I had to choose one of it, it would be Sword and Buckler. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> this is only because I'm too weak for Sword and Buckler, obviously. That's really weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's gotta be a muscle. What's gonna be a muscle group thing? I just find yeah, it's. Yeah, I just I, need I, to have like more practice for my lower arms. I just have I, like. Uh, is it? Is it the extension? Is it happening? Yes. Be like this? Yes. But also like this part, so you, you have to have, I have Indian clubs, I've bought for a while ago, so I have to like move. And Morgan just said that uh, you're the new friend. Okay. I'm the new friend. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll come and train with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Any year now. <laughs> Any year now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pick a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, th- I, I just, I, the last bout of longsword I had was one of my classmates uh afterwards we were just like oh god oh long sword is so tiring oh my goodness <laughs> and the, he doesn't primarily saber as well uh mm-hmm. so he found he like does polish uh cross cutting all, all day long and uh wow. but he found it like as exhausting as i did i said oh god it's not just me <laughs> really because, yeah. because i found like every one hand weapon terrible because i can't lift them high enough and when i lift them i can't you know stay in the position because everything just slowly drops to the ground i've got a theory right it's a posture thing oh yeah i think so i just need to practice all yeah (laughs) Um, a few more people joined So, oh, you're my new friend. Yeah, yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Sudden and inevitable betrayal. I'm sorry. Oh. (laughs) Um. (sighs) Yeah, I think we're going back to 
like recording videos of cuts so that people have something to do during the restrictions. It's only going to be three weeks, so it's fine for us. Because, really? But I saw that you, yeah, you're, you're going into lockdown for a month, right? Yeah, until uh, the 2nd of December, I think. Do you think they're doing this because of they want to save Christmas? Yeah. Or do you think it's, yeah, okay. I think, I think it's like, if we don't do this, Christmas is cancelled. Mm-hmm, uh, and that would be terrible. Yeah, so this is our only chance to save Christmas, is to just <laughs> shut everything down. Although they are still sending the kids to schools and... Uh, yeah, so they're closing the pubs, they're closing non-essential shops, can't stay in anyone's house, uh, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so, yeah, that's, sorry, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, oh, right. <laughs> you just made me think. Uh, so for the three weeks that you can't train, are you, mm-hmm. and because you, you said your training didn't stop at all uh, up until recently, mm-hmm. you were just, it was just business as usual. Uh, so have you ever taught online before? I haven't. Um, I would totally do it. But right now we're mostly like, yeah, totally. Um, I come from nerd culture once again. So, uh, you know, inter- yeah, internet interactions are fairly normal to me, mm-hmm. which, which means like if um, I need some kind of inspiration, but if I get like inspiration to do online classes, I would totally do it. Um, if Right, right now, I know that my co-trainer Jonas is um, filming a couple of uh, films on like the basic cuts, so uh, that our students have something to look at and practice on until we get back. Um, so, uh, like web-based training, I think it's totally doable. But long sword is also a big sword, so you need a little bit of like, you know, space. <laughs> so it's pretty hard to just do it in your living room unless you have a really big living room. So they're doing like pre-recorded lessons for people to do in their own time, I guess. Yeah, more or less. Like a Zoom class that everyone watches. Oh yeah, Zoom class. I didn't even think about that. That sounds like a really good idea. That's what most people have been doing. Um, All right. (laughs) That's what I thought when you said online classes. I thought, oh, they're going to do Zoom classes. Uh, No, no, no. We just did pre-recorded classes, but yeah, Zoom class sounds like fun as well. Yeah, I think like the pre-recorded thing is is good because then people can do it in their own time. Exactly. Um, but the Zoom thing, I guess, is nice because you've got that interaction and that instant feedback. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, Bowman says, "Eva, you are welcome up here. Snow shoveling builds strong arms." <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I was actually invited by by Josephine, who lives like in the northern part of Sweden, which is basically like going to Italy, but in the opposite direction for me. Oh, really? Yes, it's super, super far away. Uh, but I taught the class at Heritage Club, actually on Absog, uh, at like one and a half year ago. And she just spoiled me with like the best of things. We had test cutting and we had barbecue and we had like all of their like northern Sweden delicacies. It was fantastic. I want to go. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. She's great. <laughs> I really recommend it. Sounds good. Yes. Um, what club is that? Uh, it's um, let's see. There's several clubs up there. You'll some help. Uh, I should know this. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it Jan Putten? Maybe. Hold on. I so will this double is check. In the northern wild. Yes, the... exactly. There, there's like three clubs that live that are super super close to each Frost-Hema, other. Frosthema says. Frosthema, right? Because Jan Putten is the one next to it. There you go. Frosthema. It makes perfect sense because in, it's in Christmas land. Christmas land. Yes. Have you got? When do you start to get snow? Have you got snow now? Uh, in Skåne, never. <laughs> we we have like the depressing, um, I don't know, uh, British weather around here. Okay. Um, as soon as the, as soon as the snow comes, everything breaks down. But your son had snow like what? A week, two weeks ago. She shared on Facebook. It looks fantastic. I'm super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, uh, no snow for me. You see, they already have snow, she said. We already have snow. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, we, well we, we've got about one minute left. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a very quick question for you. Diversity yes. in HEMA. Yes, how please. Do we, how do we get more diversity in HEMA? What's your... Representation. Representation. Representation is super important. Um, also, I think talk with people personally. 
like if they come to your club, make them feel seen and heard a little bit extra, and also uh, accessibility in all possible ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was top three. Okay, so just to recap: uh, representation, mm -hmm. communication, mm -hmm. and accessibility. Yeah. Yes, very short. I could talk about this forever, but let's not. We we could do this again someday. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we'll 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 cap it there. Um, mm -hmm. It's been really lovely to speak to you, Eva. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been looking forward Thank to this you. one. Likewise. Uh, <laughs> have a have a great time over the next three weeks. I hope you. Uh, manage to train and uh, get all your endorphins and uh, make lots of delicious homemade goodies. Yes. Likewise <laughs> to you. Have a nice time during lockdown. Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, good. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To show your appreciation, please give us a five-star review on your podcast platform or support our work by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Go to at swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews or visit bythesword.net to learn about our events or visit our Facebook page, By the Sword. <laughs>